Well, I have another special guest here for you today to talk about the December 25th date and maybe give you some insight into that date that you've never heard of before. I know when I read this gentleman's article, I had never heard a lot of the things that he talked about. So today we're going to be talking to Dr. T.C. Schmidt. He received his Ph.D. in Ancient Christianity at Yale University. He's got several interests that touch upon the historical Jesus, the formation of the New Testament, patristic eschatological thought, the history of Christianity in Syriac and Arabic contexts. He's published translations from Latin, Greek, Syriac, and Arabic, and these include translations from Ibn Khatib Kassar, a 12th century Arabic Christian writer, Ishodat of Merv, a 9th century Syriac writer, and Hippolytus of Rome, a 3rd century author whose writings have been preserved in Greek and Latin. Most recently, he published a monograph with Cambridge University Press in which he traces the formation of the New Testament and the reception of the book of Revelation in the Eastern churches. Its title is Revelation and its Eastern Commentators Making the New Testament in the Early Christian World. He's currently preparing a monograph for Oxford University Press on the ancient Jewish historian Josephus and his description of Jesus, and he is currently a professor at Fairfield University where he teaches on the New Testament and Christian history. And I had an absolute wonderful time discussing this subject of December 25th, specifically in the writings of Hippolytus of Rome. So without further ado, let's talk to Dr. Schmidt. Welcome, brothers and sisters. We've got a special guest today. This is I'm guessing Dr. Thomas Schmidt, that's the proper way to say it. So from the state of Connecticut, I've invited him on the channel here to discuss more about the December 25th date. We've been doing that for the last couple of videos on the channel here. Well, thanks for having me on, Matthew. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm, I'm a scholar of the New Testament and of Christian history, the early church and also Eastern Christianity. And I, you know, I've got a lot of broad interests. Um, I'm very interested in the formation of the New Testament. I'm interested in early Christian eschatological thought, uh, historical Jesus studies, things like that. But I'm also interested in the date of Christmas. Yeah. And I actually came, came upon that topic inadvertently. And it's because I was translating um, the earliest Christian commentary on scripture, which is by a guy named Hippolytus, and it's on mm. the book of Daniel. And I was doing it because I was interested in eschatology, and I came across this fascinating passage where he seems to say yeah. that Jesus was born on December 25th, and that led me down one path and then another, and pretty soon I, I did an article on that, and I've written some other stuff on that as well. So I ran across your article uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing some research on the December 25th date. I dug as far as I could dig online, and you were one of the names that popped up. Um, the article was titled, let's see, I've got here, Calculating December 25th is the Birth of Jesus in Hippolytus. Uh, put out in 2015. I think it was a real article, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was with yeah. uh, Vigilia Christiana, which is published by, by Brill. Okay. And I also ran across some old blog posts that you made back, I think, in 2010 and 2011. I found yeah. those. And at the top of the Internet, it said the Wayback Machine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I, I read all of those and was reading all the comments underneath that I'm a, I'm a Bible nerd. So let's start with that fragment uh, of the commentary on Daniel from Hippolytus there. Um, and I have the 10-volume set. I have the 1986 set put out by Erdman's of the anti- yeah. Nicene Fathers. Yeah, I got and, it in the background right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it. I see it. So when I pulled, uh, I think it was like, in the, it was the first 
uh, in the first three or four volumes was Hippolytus's writings, and I pulled it up, and I didn't see anything about December 25th or eight days before the calends of January. So talk to us a little bit about the manuscript variants in regards to that. Yeah, great question. So uh, the the commentary on Daniel is is one of those that's that's fallen victim to a lot of problems. It, it was a uh, it was a very famous commentary in the ancient church, um, and it was copied, you know, relatively relatively frequently. Um, and but but unfortunately, all the manuscripts that we have of it are relatively incomplete, except for one that is fairly complete, but portions of it uh, were illegible. And so when uh, a critical edition of it, a critical edition is when a scholar goes and collects all the manuscripts or at least all the main manuscripts of a work and compares them all together and prints off a nice edition with footnotes indicating variants. When that happened, I think it was Bonvetch, Nathaniel Bonvetch did it, I, I believe that was his name. Um, and it, he did it in like 1897. It was more than 100 years ago. But he hmm. couldn't read some of the passages in in that uh, manuscript. And um, that awaited some new technology where, we, you know, you could take pictures with different, you know, white wavelengths of light to reveal these passages that had been damaged. So that's, I think, one reason why this commentary has gone unnoted. Um, another reason is that the, the manuscripts themselves at this particular passage where Hippolytus talks about when Jesus was born, um, they disagree. And so some of them say December 25th. Um, one, of, one of them, I believe, or maybe it's an early quotation of the passage by another author, um, doesn't give a date. And that is, the, that is the, the, the source that is translated in the Antonicene Church Fathers series. Hmm. Um, but okay. then there are, there's even a third variant. There, there's another manuscript that has a third variant that gives kind of a nonsensical, incomprehensible date where it doesn't, it gives an incomplete date. So you're reading along and then, and then all of a sudden it doesn't really fill out the date formula. It starts and then stops. So um, there's three different options for it when you look at the manuscripts and mm -hmm. uh, scholars have, have debated about which, which one of those is authentic because mm. Um, the, it certainly seems like a scribe, either on purpose or by accident, changed something. And um, I don't want to rush to assumptions because uh, scribes are often dealing with damaged manuscripts that are 200 years old. They can't read it and they think they see something. So whether it was by accident or on purpose or whatever, something sure. got changed. And the question is, what? What got changed? Was it mm. was it the, the December 25th date? Was that original or was it these other dates or did he not give a date at all? And this is important because um, your your viewers should know that Hippolytus is writing around the year 200, maybe 220. Right. Right. He is early. This is an early writer. Um, he's writing when Christianity was still greatly persecuted in the Roman Empire. And he, in fact, he's writing uh, before uh, the, the feast for Sol Invictus, the pagan sun god, um, mm -hmm. before that feast was established as December 25th. So, so if he... If, if Hippolytus were to say Jesus was born on December 25th, it means that he's not getting this from contemporary Roman pagan celebrations because those didn't exist yet when he hmm. was writing. Hmm. So did I understand you to say that some of the 
some of the manuscripts of that document say December 25th, or is it that they say eight days before the calends of January? And that they, they say eight days before the calends of January. Okay. The, the Romans they express dates, as you know, differently sure. than us. Okay. So okay. when I translated, I well, I translated it as December 25th. But sure, inclusive okay. counting, I guess it would be make it December 25th from January the first. Yeah. So you do, and I believe I read on one of your blog posts. Uh, wasn't in the the Brill article, but on the blog post. I think you said that you did believe that that was the the best reading of that text, and you said there are other scholars that that disagree, but you said that was the best reading of the text. You're referring to the December twenty fifth date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a difficult question. Um, okay. I I think, and we'll get into this, I'm sure. I think yeah. that Hippolytus did think Jesus was born on December twenty fifth. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean he said it in that particular passage. I think he does it elsewhere. Okay. But uh, so I think it's likely that he said December 25th. But I've um, Hippolytus is one of the figures that I've studied very intensely and I've mm-hmm. translated uh, some of his works. And and um, he's not the most consistent thinker. So mm. it wouldn't surprise me if the original story was that he actually wrote one date and then later changed his mind or that Mm. he, he maybe even put two dates down or he does that in other places. So, so it's not inconceivable that he did believe Jesus was born on December 25th, but came to that conclusion before or after or changed his mind or something like that. But certainly I think that at some point, certainly by the end of his life, Mm -hmm. he, he had settled, um, I think on December 25th. Okay. So let's go to the canon of Hippolytus. Um, you mentioned this in the Brill article on calculating December 25th as the birth of Jesus. And the canon of Hippolytus, if I understand it right, I went back and read your article again today. Um, it mentions a lunar table that calculates Passovers. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. so tell us, tell us a little bit about um, what got you starting to study that particular document in regards to the birth date of Christ. Before I get into that, I'll just say that that at this point that we're at in our discussion, this is where scholarship kind of stopped as far as Hippolytus and December 25th birthday of Jesus went. Because scholars, they read that passage in the commentary in Daniel, and, you know, they couldn't decide which reading sure. was authentic. And okay. scholarship just kind of stopped there for, for a very long time. And when I was researching this, I came across um, the work, like you said, of Hippolytus called the Canon. And like you said... Um, this this is a it, well, at least what's left of it. We don't have all of it, but what's what's left of it is a is a table of dates. It's an ancient calendar meant, like you said, to calculate the date of Passover. As your viewers are, are probably aware, the Passover, you know, it shifts in the sure. calendar back and forth. It's hard to predict exactly when it's going to be. And in our day and age, we can just go on the Internet and figure out when it's <laughs> going to be. But you couldn't do that in the ancient world. And it was frustrating. Yeah. You know, they want to plan ahead. So Hippolytus decided to make this calendar. And he thought it wasn't just any calendar. He mm. wanted it to be a perpetual calendar. So it was going to be valid forever, for all time. So that mm. you could look at any date in the future and figure out exactly the day of the week that Passover was going to fall. And the great thing about this in Hippolytus's mind was that you could also go in reverse. So you could see the date of any previous Passover, according mm. to Hippolytus as well. And so what Hippolytus did with this table is he not only put down all the dates and it's this cyclical 19 year 
cycle. Um, I think Hippolytus had a different, a different, okay. uh, a different number. But whatever the case is, it would recycle. He thought that this, this, that the Passover would cycle through on a consistent basis, and you could just keep repeating the calendar over and over again. Mm -hmm. And because of that, what he realized was that he could go through the Bible and he could figure out like when exactly the Passover was when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. Oh, wow. And he could go through and figure that out because as long as he knew how many years ago it was, he could figure out the exact day. He could figure out the Passover of Jesus's last supper or crucifixion. He could, he could figure out all these other things. So he went through the Bible and picked out these various Passovers that are mentioned. And then mm -hmm. in the calendar, he made notes about, about when those biblical Passovers corresponded with which date in the calendar. And it turns out that one of those notes, so he'd said that the, the crucifixion of Jesus is on there. He calls it the passion of Jesus. The Exodus is on there, but some other stuff is on there as well. But he also puts a note down for what he calls the Genesis of Christ. And it's, it's the Greek word Genesis, the same exact word that's used for the book, first book of the Bible. Right. And the debate in scholarship was always, what does he, what does he mean by this? Genesis means origin, beginning. And sure. there, and some people, some scholars thought, uh, this, this must mean birth. And he's referring to the birth of Jesus. Others thought mm, maybe he's referring to the conception of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And. And because he places the genesis of Jesus on the Passover, he actually puts it in early April. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it refers to conception, nine months later is right around December 25th. I mean, <laughs> if, if, if you go exactly nine months, it's like January 2nd. So right. you know, a week right. earlier, hey, you know, Christmas yeah. baby. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting little tidbit to try and figure out what, that that word actually means and so what i did in my research and in the article that you you're, you're referring to is mm -hmm. i used a greek database that has all the 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 greek works that have ever been written in antiquity in searchable computer form mm -hmm. and and i searched uh the works of hippolytus for the word genesis and there was like a hundred and something times he uses the word and i looked at every single one of them to figure out what does he mean by this and mm. and um i also looked at his contemporaries i looked in ancient greek medical literature that refers to embryology and stuff and i think um i i, I show i think fairly persuasively that this word probably refers to conception mm. not, not to birth and that means that he would have thought Jesus was born sometime later. Uh, December 25th is a good possibility. We don't know yeah. yet at this point. You know, I didn't know. I, I just thought it was a viable option. December 25th, because, um, you know, if someone's conceived in April 2nd, they could be born on December 25th, but they could be born a lot of other days too. So sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I should mention the ancients were very aware of a nine month gestational cycle. So okay. they knew it was about nine months. So it's something that, yeah. that is important in the argument. And the, I believe it was the Armenian church, they still actually celebrate Christmas on January the 6th. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was done anciently. And so that kind of, you know, it yeah. goes right along with that time period as well. Yeah. Um, and is this word Genesis, this is the word you bring up a few authors outside of Hippolytus around the same time period. And then you, you talked about the other uses of Genesis in Hippolytus. Yeah. Um, and you come to the conclusion that the word Genesis, it, it could refer to birth, but it can also refer to conception. Yeah. Um, you bring up the gospel of Matthew 
And in Matthew one eighteen, there's an interesting use of Genesis there. Tell us about that, how that correlates. So in most English translations, if you read Matthew one eighteen, it will start off by saying the birth of Jesus Christ happened in this way. But the term for birth, there's several different words that you could use in Greek to refer to birth. And in, mm -hmm. in this case, Matthew chose to use the word Genesis. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that if you keep reading the passage, it mm -hmm. seems like he's referring to conception. Because, yeah. <laughs> because it reads, the genesis of Jesus Christ happened in this way. After his mother was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that's conception. That is not birth. And so mm. that's that's one of the linchpins I used. Um, there's mm. other quotations. For instance, Galen, he's the founder of, of Western medicine, him and Hippocrates. He was a contemporary of Hippolytus, a loose contemporary of Hippolytus. And he has a lot of medical works. And he says... Um, he says that uh, he's referring to how embryos, babies develop in their mother's womb. And mm -hmm. um, he says this, he says, but with Genesis, the Genesis of the animal in the womb, the matter referring to, to semen is abundant. So he clearly mm -hmm. is referring to conception there, sure. not to birth, because he's talking about what's happening in the womb. Um, yeah. When the seed meets meets the egg, so to speak, and there's yeah. several other passages that we could go over as well. Yeah. Okay. So from there, you talk about something called, if I'm pronouncing this right, the Chronicon of Hippolytus. Yeah, okay. And this is a record of his from creation up until his present day, roughly 235 A.D., yeah. somewhere right in there. Yeah. And there's, let's see, Chronicon 698 to 700 mentions the generation of Christ, and then 686 to 688 mentions from his generation to his passion. Um, and you talk a little bit about that word generation. I think that's from the Latin, generatio, yeah. or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So t tell us about uh, how, how does the work of Hippolytus in the Chronicon parallel the, the canon that we just talked about? So they're, they're complementary works. Hippolytus, he was a Christian theologian. He was a homilist. He, he loved preaching. He wrote, wrote commentaries. Uh, he also was really interested in chronology, which is why he has that canon that we talked about. He also has this work called the Chronicon, where he does a number of things in it. But one thing he tries to do is, is, is document all of, of world history from the beginning, Genesis 1, straight up to his present day. And uh, he he goes through and, and um, the, much of the Chronicon is kind of like a list where he's just listing things out. And I was translating this. Unfortunately, much of it is no longer preserved in Greek. We only have mm. it in a Latin translation. Okay. So, okay. so that's why, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about the same guy, but a different language, because the, the passage that we're going to focus on is only present in Latin. It's also present in Armenian also, by the way. Okay. And... When he starts getting up to the time of Jesus, he starts throwing some dates out for, mm -hmm. for Jesus's life. And he uses the Latin word generatio. He says, you know, the generatio of Christ. And he gives, he says Jesus was 30 years old, that, that he died in a certain time frame, blah, blah, blah. All of that matches with the canon perfectly. You can tell it's the same author. They're all doing, he's doing the same exact stuff. What's interesting, though, is that as Hippolytus is tallying the years from creation, he mentions that that the generatio of Christ, he says, was, let's see. Um, he mentions that, that the generatio of Christ was, I think he says, 5,500 
And two. And two years and, and nine months, if you do the math, mm-hmm. and nine mm-hmm. months from creation. Okay. And I was translating that, and I thought, what's well, weird? He's got this nine months hanging out there. What's that doing there? <laughs> and um, I started, you know, doing some back-of-the-envelope calculations, and I realized that he's giving a specific date for the birth of Jesus He's mm. saying that it was 5,500 and I think it's two years. Forgive me mm-hmm. if I'm off for, yeah, 5,500, right. two years and nine months from creation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, maybe that means if he gives us somewhere, if he somewhere gives us the date that he thinks the world was created, Hippolytus, he was what we would call a, a, a six-day creationist. So mm-hmm. he thought there was a calendar date. And, and if he gives us a date somewhere, we can just add nine months to that. And mm-hmm. figure out when Jesus was born. So okay. that's another piece of my argument that, that it's a clue where, hey, if we got a, we have one more thing to find out and then we could finally discover when, when Apollos <laughs> thought the world, or the world began and therefore when Jesus was born. Yeah. And so Hippolytus believed that the world began on March the 25th. Am I right? Yeah. So I have okay. to do my article. <laughs> I got to do a little bit of gymnastics to figure this out, but. Uh-huh. It becomes pretty clear that there's there's several interlocking arguments, but one piece is there's a later a later kind of chronographer. He's writing thirty years or so after Hippolytus, and he's responding to Hippolytus. He never mentions him by name, but it's pretty clear. And he mentions how my predecessors, almost certainly referring to Hippolytus, he says my predecessors thought creation was on March 25th, mm-hmm. and of course, m- nine months after March 25th is December 25th. Sure, so, sure. So that was a, a good clue. Um, another good clue is that he clearly in his chronicon, when you, when you look at what he's doing, he clearly mm-hmm. thinks that, that the turning of the year, you know, for us, it's January 1st. For him, though, he thought the turning of the year was somewhere around the vernal equinox. Sure. Uh, which, is, which, is March, which was March 25th to him. On the which, Julian calendar, right? Yeah, in the Julian calendar. It's not the astronomically correct date. But sure. it was the date the Romans believed was was the vernal equinox. So, sure. so it, that gives us a clue that he's he's hovering. It's going to be somewhere around mm-hmm. March twenty fifth. But um, the clincher is that if you take the chronicon on one hand and mm-hmm. the canon on the other, and mm-hmm. you run Hippolytus's calculations through them, you can use the Passover table of the canon to to figure out when he thought the world was created. Hmm. And, and I do that calculation in my, in my um, article. It's not, uh, I, I, I used another scholar had done that in the past, George Og, and I use his work. And it turns out that when you do that, when you plug in the numbers, it, the canon spits out March 25th. <laughs> and, and so you've got these multiple levels of confirmation that, that Hippolytus thought the world was created on March 25th, and he thought Jesus was born nine months after the anniversary of the creation of the world, which is December 25th. Yeah, and it looks like that there were other authors that believed this March 25th creation of the world simply because, like you said, it was under the Julian calendar, the date of the of the uh, vernal equinox, yeah. which what we would call March 20, 20 or 21 now. Um, yeah. And then I remember reading something about how that they would say that the sun was created on the fourth day, which would be March 28th. And then some people, some people calculated from that, that date or something like that. Yes. Yes. So ancient chronologists, they really got into things. I mean, they, they thought they could pin this thing down by the, almost the hour of when Mm. creation happened. 
And so we know that there was a debate in, in early Christianity about um, when the first Passover was, because okay. they, they believed that when God created the heavens and the earth, that this, the moon was created on day four. So, mm -hmm. um, but the problem is that the question is, when does the day begin? Does it begin in morning or does it begin in evening? Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then when, what phase of the moon was the moon created in? Because the Passover <laughs> has got to be a full moon. So, mm -hmm. so they thought, well, God has, he's got to do it. He's, he did it on the vernal equinox to ba perfect balance between light and darkness. He must've created the moon full. So that very first moon would have been a Passover moon because the Passover mm -hmm. is the first full moon after the vernal equinox. So, mm -hmm. but then, then there's this even other debate about, about, well, wait a second here, because the Passover uh, is when we see the moon. So you mm. got to see it in the sky and Hippolytus. So even though Hippolytus thought the moon was created on day four, he really thinks the Passover is not until the next day because mm. the next day, the day would have begun at dusk when mm. the moon came out and was observed. Sure. And so he, he tweaked it a little bit to, to put the first Passover on the fifth day of creation mm. uh, instead of, instead of the fourth day of creation, like some other chronologists. Fascinating. Very interesting. Um, tell us a little bit about the difference between two spellings of Genesis and how that correlates. Yeah. You mentioned the one spelling of Genesis with one noon, I believe it is, yeah. and then there's a double yeah. noon. And I remember reading something about this. I have a book in my library called The um, The Orthodox Corruption of Scripture. I think it was one of the earlier books by Bart Ehrman. And he talks about, I think it's in Matthew chapter one. He talks about uh, some of the manuscripts having the, the the Genesis with the two noon, and that just came to my mind today when I was reading your, oh, your I article. Check again. that out. I, I, that'd be interesting to look at. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's in that book somewhere. I have to okay. fish it out. But um, tell us the difference between the two spellings and what the significance is. So in Greek, the word Genesis, uh, I'm, I argue, refers. It could refer to birth, but it most it usually and most likely refers to conception and okay. um and that's when obviously genesis is a flexible word so when it's used in other contexts it has nothing to do with birth or conception uh and the book of genesis is a great example of that but but there's yeah. another greek word that sounds it not only sounds a lot like genesis it looks a lot like it when it's spelled and, mm. and it's instead of um the greeks in, would not say genesis they would say genesis and then this other word they would say genesis and it's spelled slightly differently. There's an extra new, and then instead of an iota, there's an eta. But other than okay. that, it's, it's pretty much exactly the same. And the reason why this is important is because gen Genesis refers to conception. Genesis refers to birth. Mm. And, so, and these are very subtle differences. And it's something that that um, is ambiguous to many, to many non-Greek speakers. And so... We, I give an example of like a Syriac author who totally botches it when he's trying to, he reverses it, mm. um, but he, but he does it like he, he correctly states the difference. And then in the next sentence confuses it because it's, <laughs> it's very confusing. I mean, they spell almost identically. It sounds almost identical. The meaning is roughly similar. Mm. I mean, Dennis, mm. this could refer to birth. It usually refers to conception. Um, so, so this is important because um, something that I skipped over, when I was explaining things, is that that nine months that is in the Chronicon, that's so important for determining when 
Hippolytus thought Jesus was born. Well, it looks like if you add up Hippolytus's numbers, there, there's a bit of a contradiction there because he says that the generatio of Jesus was nine months after the anniversary of the creation of the world. Mm-hmm. But then immediately afterwards, he gives some numbers that imply that the generatio of Jesus was was on the anniversary of the creation of the world. Hmm. And both of those can't be correct. And remember, we're dealing with it with something that's in Latin, not in Greek. And so I hypothesize that what's probably going on here is that Hippolytus said Genesis in one one passage, he said mm-hmm. Genesis in the other, and the Latin translator has flubbed it. And I show that uh, in, in ancient Latin translations of the New Testament, uh, ancient Syriac translations of the same, translators did the same exact thing, where they just, they missed out on the distinction between those two words. And yeah. understandably, I mean, they're so similar that, that unless you're a true expert in the language, you're, you're probably going to miss. Yeah. Do you think that Hippolytus, and you also mentioned a possible document from Julius Africanus, uh, I think that's deb- debatable there, but yeah. the document is there, but who the author of it I think is debatable. Do you think that they were right in positing December 25th? Was it just a theory? Is, it just, is this just like this is an early the- 